ESPN FC Daily, K Marie, LME, Shaka Hislop, Gab Marcotti. Oh, wow. What drama we just saw between Netherlands and Argentina. There is nothing like the World Cup, nothing like the knockout rounds. It went all the way to penalties, and it's Argentina who will be advancing. Can you believe what you just saw, LME? I have no idea where to start. I have no idea what to say. I don't know how much I'm going to make sense. That was exactly why we love this game, why we love this sport, why we love the World Cup, why it has entertainment and thrills and goals and sneaky free kicks and Lionel Messi and Divo Martinez. It was ridiculous in every single way. Everything was a chapter that had drama at the end. Everything was a telenovela. Everything was a match within a match. Everything was a fight within a fight. Oh, and by the way, the ref also wanted to be the protagonist here with 14 cards as well. This was unbelievable. One of the best games, most thrilling matches in recent World Cup history. I don't know where to begin. I don't even know if I've made sense, K. Mari. Unbelievable. Congratulations, Argentina. And vamos, Emiliano Divo Martinez. Aston Villa with you all the way. Well, listen, that's actually where we'll start because I know Shaka can't stay with us for too long and we'll keep picking out bits about their cost as well. We must talk about him. We'll talk about Messi. Don't worry. But let's talk about Emi Martinez, Shaka Hislop. Yeah, an, an incredible performance between the stakes saving and, and the penalty shootout. I mean, saving, saving the first two, it, it really gives Argentina a, a, a buffer in, in the penalty shootout. And more to that point, it, it leaves the Dutch with, with no room for error. Um, okay, the, 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 the final three penalties were, were converted, but I, I thought the start that he gave them allowed Argentina's kickers to step up um, with, with, with a certain amount of confidence and, 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 a, and a little sense of relaxation. Of course, you know, Messi taking the first for Argentina when whenever we have penalty shootouts, whenever we have upsets as we had earlier on today, there's always a discussion around um, who goes first and the order and where do you put your best penalty takers. Um, this time, Argentina, uh, Argentina goes with little Messi as, as their first priority taker. Remember, he also scored one during the, the 90 minutes. So, so to take a penalty in a penalty shootout, it really becomes um, a, a, a battle of, of, of wills, as, as it were. It becomes a psychological battle. But he, he again passed out with, with incredible flying colors. And it allowed Argentina to relax into the job that was still at hand to do. Yeah, Lionel Messi, Gab, we must talk about him, obviously, as we're just hearing there from Shaka, taking two penalties on the night and a pass that was so sublime for that goal from Molina as well. The magic man just continuing to deliver. Uh, yeah, I was uh, obviously early on uh, in in the game. They ended up scoring, I think, roughly the same time as it against the Australia game. Um, yeah, big game, big messy performance. It really was. It really was. So what stood out for you the most then, um, Gab? Because there's probably a few little storylines here. I think what was just to add to all the drama at the very end of it, to see Lautaro Martinez after the World Cup he's been having stand up and that responsibility be on his shoulders. It was a huge moment for him. And in this moment, it's almost like all that weight of what we've seen so far from him couldn't be off his shoulders, at least for now. Uh, yeah, obviously Lautaro's been criticized. He had the starts early on. And to come back um, and, you know, do a lot of the hard running later in the game, uh, obviously that was uh, that was really big. And then obviously the biggest responsibility of all, converting the penalty. 
yeah, just wonderful stuff to see. So what stood out to you the most then, uh, LME, now that you've had time to catch your breath and think about everything that we've just seen? I don't know. It's so difficult to decipher. I mean, I mean, you, let's begin with that. I mean, ridiculous pass from Lionel Messi, that reverse assist, one of the best I've seen. It was so good that I think Nathan Ake was still looking for it five seconds after the goal happened. It was unbelievable. And I think in the first half, it was really uh, instrumental just to show how, you know, yes, we've been talking about Messi dependencia and, and Netherlands were doing pretty well to that point. Argentina were not being as aggressive uh, from a diagonal passing perspective. So Messi had to be like, look, let me just take care of that. So that to me is a speaking moment. And it looked pretty good throughout the game. Obviously the penalty and the Netherlands got a goal back. But, you know, that free kick, Kmar, is worth talking about. The one that equalized for the Netherlands and sent it to extra time. It was so Dutch. It was subtle, genius, sneaky, and it took a Burnley striker to send the Netherlands <laughs> time, which added just that extra sense of excitement. Uh, and then obviously, you know, I, I was happy to see that Argentina, because psychologically, they really could have fallen an extra time and they didn't. And then the man of the hour, Emiliano Martinez, just amazing, just amazing. I mean, I can talk about him all day, I won't. Yeah, about Verkhorst as well. Honestly, we've seen some amazing footage. If you're following the Bundesliga, you'll know all about this player. This is a player who is no stranger to scoring goals. He's really, really stepped up in this World Cup as well. Even when he was at Wolfsburg, we're looking at every other game, he's scoring a goal, this player. And that was nothing new as well, that free kick that Luis was just talking about. This footage that's come up, I think it was against Bielefeld about two years ago, that he's done something very similar to that. So I don't know who was scouting that, if they expected that anything like that might happen in those moments. But Gabs had to shoot off. Uh, something's come up. Obviously, he's in Qatar right now. So there's a lot going on, especially at a time like this. And I know that um, we'll also have Shaka going off soon as well. But Shaka, what's your overriding thought of this? Do you think Argentina are a deserved winner in the end in this? Or when it comes to a penalty shootout, can you just say it could have gone either way and you can't really decide who was the deserving team in this? Yeah, in a penalty shootout, it, it really it. So you judge who who's deserving winners over the ninety minutes or or, or one hundred and twenty minutes. If if, uh, but I, I thought Argentina was certainly the better of the two teams over ninety minutes. So I have to say I, I thought they were a little bit lucky in, in, in some some regards. How Paredes stayed on stayed on the park um, is is simply beyond me. I, I thought the referee was very kind. Very, very kind to allow Paredes to continue as 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 he did. He could have been sent off on a, on a couple of occasions, um, but the big concern, despite Argentina, as I say, I, I feel feeling better, being better over the course uh, of the ninety minutes, is that they again throw away, uh, or not, not say again, but they throw away a, a, a two goal lead where it was very comfortable or felt very comfortable and it was just a matter of, of of time and give the dutch credit for for that well worked free kick at the very end that was a gutsy move um but to, to that point i i think about argentina in the last game against australia two goals up concede one and very easily could have, could have conceded a second but familiar martinez again coming up coming up Trump's in, in, what, the 94th, 95th, something, something like that. Um, and, and that's a concern. If we are talking about, especially Brazil's exit, um, the favourites left in this competition, uh, defensively, it, it, that's not been that's not been World Cup winning um, finishes 
to 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 uh, to, to these games certainly from a a defensive a defensive perspective um so that is something that Lionel Scaloni once he does settles will have to address with, with his troops um but give give Argentina their credit oftentimes when somebody comes back from two down momentum in the Dutch camp you often see the penalty shootout go in favor of that team um but Argentina certainly bucked bucked that trend um I'm gonna have to do like Gab now and, and disappears I've got to be somewhere else Shaka Hislop, it's always good to have you. And I know that you probably have more important things to do than being with your lovely friends, Kay and your I'm not even going to pause comment. Shaka, yeah. we love you. Thank you so much for being here, my friend. Uh, have yeah, a good guys. rest of your tournament. Take it easy. All right, Kay, it's just me and you now. It is just me and you. Do you know what? I'm glad because I want to talk to you about something that you've been talking about all tournament. Yeah. Last one standing now. South American, Argentina. We were wondering if this was the year that we are going to see a South American side lift the World Cup. And Brazil were the favourites. And today they've gone out. And at one point as well, it looked as though it might be Argentina too. Because you always feel that momentum plays a huge part in these kind of games. And I was thinking inside, is this suddenly going Netherlands' way? Is it gone in their favour? And I couldn't decide at like various points throughout this whole game. Is it going their way now? Is it their way? I love the feist from the two sides in extra time. I love seeing that from both of them. It felt like, you know, just growing up, it gave me so much nostalgia of those big battles on the pitch. But in the end, Argentina have seen it through. Is it their destiny? Is this the year that Lionel Messi finally does get to lift? I have no idea. <laughs> I know because we've had so many surprises, haven't we? Yeah. That's the thing, because there's been so many twists and turns to this World Cup, I don't know what to tell you. You would think that the football gods are looking down on us and saying, all right, I know we scared you a little bit, but it really is Lionel Messi's time to win this World Cup. To your point about South Americans, I said something, uh, I tweeted something during the match when it went to extra time. And that's why I was saying that I was very happy from a neutral standpoint, and I guess a South American one, to see that, you know, psychologically speaking, Argentina kind of came back into themselves an extra time because I thought once that free kick went in from the Dutch, I thought that's it. They're going to fall like a flan in a cupboard. They're just completely going to mess up here and they're going to just let the moment get the best of them. But to their credit, they didn't. They kept fighting. They kept pushing. Obviously, some sneaky moments. They hit the post an extra time as well. Some good chances from Lionel Messi and they took it to penalties. And even in penalties, Kay, I thought psychologically they would mess up, but they didn't. So I think that right now they're looking very good on beating a very strong Croatia. Though, okay, I mean, we thought Brazil were going to win it and look what Croatia did. So I don't know. But I'll tell you something. It's definitely taking a lot out of me to think that, you know, Messi and Argentina can make it to the final. This is going to be quite an interesting semifinal ride. It's kind of amazing. Uh, it's interesting looking at some of the odds makers as well with some. They have Argentina as favourites. Now, I think that's why Shaka bounced, because you may remember that he went for Argentina all along, stood firm on it. Okay. And then after they lost to Saudi Arabia, he changed his mind famously on ESPN FC, took a lot of flack for it. And I think that's why he's just disappeared, because he doesn't want to have to deal with this line of questions. Yeah, so, he's right not, now. Well, so who, who does he have now then? 
Oh, well, that's the fun. Like, now I don't know because he stayed firm on Brazil. He wouldn't turn back even when we were seeing the, yeah, the World and Cup. And you can't go back in Argentina, right, Kay? You can't allow him to do that anymore. Well, so. we didn't. And then, then we wiped the slate clean. But even when we gave everybody the chance to do the slate again from the knockout rounds, I don't yeah. think anybody picked Argentina to go all the way and win it. And obviously, it's still early days right now after what we've seen from Croatia. You can't underestimate them. And we've got the other quarterfinals coming up too. But it is just interesting to see how they've weathered the storms that they've been that they've been put through so far. Because don't forget, like losing your opening game to Saudi, to Saudi Arabia, Arabia yeah. in the way that they did, you wondered, are they going to let their heads drop now? Is this going to be in their minds too much? And even we talked about it on the ESPN FC show, Luis. It's something that's really important. It's that the unity with not just the team, but with the fans as well. Yeah. And on that messy missed penalty, even in this tournament. You're hearing the fans, mercy, mercy, straight away after him to boost him up, to show that everybody's behind the whole team. And it just feels like they're all together as one in this. And I know that's usually the case when it's a World Cup, that you are behind, you're behind your nation. It's not like in domestic football where you might be getting a bit frustrated with your side as the yeah. tournament goes on. But they, they just have that sense of inevitability in those, in those, even before coming into it before it, so many people were like, oh, is this written? Yeah. But this is just because this is recency bias as well, Luis. It's because of what we've seen. <laughs> we today. just finished yeah. watching it, and we're exactly part of because it. we've got all yeah. what's coming up. Yeah. Like, we, who knows I know. what I we're think we're talking about tomorrow? You bring some really good points. One, uh, I think the uh, Argentina faithful has been a, a determinant factor. Uh, you, you know, it did a couple of those matches felt like La Bombonera or you know Monumental. You definitely felt that Argentinian support, and I think you make a really good point about the unity within this team ultimately all coming together to support Lionel Messi, who, in my opinion, you know, I think by the end of it all, will we'll, we'll come down as the greatest player the game has ever seen. Because, you know, never mind that reverse assist. And here's Ryan O'Hanlon's. Now that Messi's having the best World Cup of his career at age 35, I've moved from him number one to number one in my rankings <laughs> of the best soccer players of all time. See, I'm with you, Ryan. Listen, here, here's the thing. I, at 35 years old, he is the depiction of what John Keats says, uh, a thing of beauty is a joy forever. Th th this man is creating art on the pitch. And in Spanish, a lot of people say, you know, uh, Ronaldo's out of this world, but, you know, Ronaldo's the best player in the world, but Messi's from another planet. And I always think that when I think of watching him play, it's, it's amazing. And I think I go back to your point, Kay. I think destiny's here. And, and it's pointing all directions to, to this man from Rosario, Argentina, this Pulga, to win his World Cup. And when it happens, there can be no argument anymore, surely. Th this oh, well. is the greatest player we've ever seen. Uh, but you know, for me as well, comparison is the thief of joy. I feel that we're always so desperate to say, who's the best? Are they the best because mm. of this? And I just, for me, I just want to enjoy all of them. I don't want it to be definitive. We always make fun of Shaka for that. He decides that oh, he has like this criteria of what will then make somebody the GOAT and they have to have done this or they have to have done that. And I think it's one of those things that you can, you're never going to change people's minds who think one way or the other on these things. And even outside of those two aliens, Ronaldo and Messi, there's other people that will argue of players from their day, of players from before yeah. that. I'm yeah. just getting a, a bit of the reaction after the game from some of the players. Lionel Messi's spoken out and said, a lot of joy and relief. Uh, going to penalty kicks, we suffered so much for how it all happened. But then again, it's the quarterfinals of the World Cup. Going through is the most beautiful 
and impressive thing. And I think that just adds, to, like, it's not just the momentum, is it? It's the fact that you know that you got through a really difficult moment as a team, and it only adds to that unity that we're talking about and makes them really dangerous going forward. But as we know who it is next, it's Croatia. And you know, one thing we're absolutely sure of is Croatia will not fear Argentina. Yeah. And they don't care about momentum. They don't care about emotions. They don't care about Lionel you know, Messi. They don't care about anything. They, they know exactly who they are. And here's the difference between the European sides and recent modern uh, World Cup history and South American ones. South American ones, we live for the moment and we hope for that moment to sustain us, right? The Messi reverse assist, uh, Neymar's beautiful goal. We, we, we cling onto that, right? European teams, like, they take it step by step and know that nothing is done until the last second. It's a very disciplined military approach and nobody shows that better than Croatia. And Croatia is going to be a team that's going to have all their cards out and say, what do you have? And again, I think that Herc Gomez had a really good point in our previous episode, Kay, where he said, look, uh, Messi needs to be on it. He doesn't need to completely score a hat trick, but he needs to be on it. And so I think they're going to need to depend on that again, because a few yellow cards happened today where some of these players are not going to be <laughs> What's that? I know, I know that they did and they will affect it. I think 15, though, in total as well. We were talking that's insane. About that's, that's the ref saying, I want the game to be about me. Well, what do you expect from this referee? <laughs> well, I, I say in jest, but we do know that he has a bit of history. And especially if you're a La Liga fan, you'll know all about this referee. Yeah. All right. So, okay. How does this semifinal play out in your mind right now? I know that we can talk about th- it. No, what do you I mean, I almost don't want to say this because I feel that we won't be seeing the same story. Because it's right. a World Cup and it doesn't usually go that way. But you don't it, want to jinx it. But my initial reaction, my initial thoughts about it would be that it will have to be somewhat cagey mm. and it might go f- further and outside of the 90 minutes again. Yeah, what's that but, stat? But my, I read a stat, K. I I read a yeah, stat but, on Twitter. On, tell me. Just to, just, just, to, uh, you, you know, just to add to your point, Croatia, I feel like I've been, I've led the entire World Cup only like, you know, once or something like I, I got to remember it. You keep talking and I'll bring it up. And listen, yeah, given the fact that given the fact, right. OK, Argentina know that they've just done that as well. They know that they've just been able to come through extra time and penalties and it go yeah. their way. But Croatia have been relishing that 2018 three times past the 90 minutes in this tournament. They've done it twice already. You That's always think ridiculous. and you talk about, oh, they're going to be tired. They're a team with older players in it. And it just doesn't seem to phase them. They just seem to get on with it. So th- there is a feeling to me that it would do that. But then another part of me says there's absolutely no way that's going to happen again. <laughs> and Argentina will be going all out to make sure that they don't get taken to extra time here. And they'll try and get it done within the 90 minutes. So Exactly. Okay, I I'm going to go find... and say that it will be done in the 90 minutes. I know. I can't find the tweet, but I think it echoes what you just said. I don't think there's not going to be many goals here. Croatia doesn't really care about that. It cares about being resilient and making sure that it counters to whatever is coming their way. I agree with you. I think it's going to be a tough old battle. And, well, I mean, you know, Luka Modric in the middle, Lionel Messi, my goodness, what a feast we're going to have, huh? I know. We really will. Ballon d'Or winners 
galore in this game and absolute legends as well to two, two players that you'll be telling your grandkids about, of course. <laughs> uh, there's just some stats coming in here. There have been three instances in World Cup history of a squad winning multiple shootouts in a single World Cup. Croatia in 2022, Croatia in 2018, and Argentina in 1990. And each of the first two finished the World Cup as runners-up. Wow. So that's those, obviously, that we know that that's happened to those guys. But, yeah, there's something that just tells me that even though that's what we've seen, and obviously it's you know how close you are to a final when it comes to this stage, that you do expect no one to want to make a single mistake, that it would be Mark Agee, there's just something in me, just seeing that passion as well in Argentina today that tells me that they are going to be up for this and trying to get it done before it goes to that. I know, but this Croatian side, K. Murray, this Croatian side, by the way, Lionel Messi quotes uh, to the TV, he was talking about the referee, right? Because we've been talking about their referee and, you know, how many yellow well, cards. He knows this referee well. Exactly, back yeah. from uh, La Liga days. I don't want to talk about the referee because if you talk, they sanction you. FIFA should think about it. You can't put a referee like that for these games. You can't put a referee who isn't up to the job. Well, you just talked about it, Lionel Messi. <laughs> I love that. I'm not going to say anything, but he shouldn't have done it because he's yeah. not up to the job. I'm not going to say anything, but he was awful. What are you doing? <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, to be honest, though, I, I don't think anything's going to happen. Everyone's desperate to see Messi in this semifinal. No, 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 no. No, so that's, we, we know that's one side. It's done. And there is still the possibility of Portugal and Argentina, just putting that one out there, because I know a few people have got that as their final. But now we have Portugal against Morocco and France against England coming up tomorrow. Portugal against Morocco. Any feelings as to how that's going and who have you got going through? Well, I think Fernando Santos now has a very good blueprint of what he can do with Cristiano Ronaldo on the pitch and without him. Without him, clearly you saw the dynamic way that the trio up front works and, you know, Rafa Leao gets more involved, Fernando Schill and Bruno Fernandes, they take more action. And obviously Gonzalo Ramos, the 21-year-old, you know, being more dynamic. But, but, and you might get shocked here, okay? I think this is a game actually where you do start Cristiano Ronaldo because Morocco offer a different type of obstacle. They are a little bit like Croatia, where they're going to be very good at countering, very firm at the back. And I think that you, Portugal is going to have to really think and do more than what Spain couldn't do, which is Spain just had a plan A. Portugal need to maybe look at plan B and think, can we stop them? Uh, can we score against them from an aerial perspective? Can we do more set pieces? Can we be more direct and have a target man, which is where Ronaldo comes in? So, okay, I tell you what, I see Ronaldo starting here just because of that factor. I think once Morocco gets a little bit too attentive to Ronaldo as a target man, it allows other players to come in and be more creative. That's what I think. What do you think? I feel he almost hinted at it, even though he gave the whole, we don't talk about Ronaldo. No, no, no. <laughs> he harped it, didn't good. he? He was telling everybody yeah. off, rightfully so, for, for because I can see how frustrating it must be that once you do sit down in a press conference it feels like every question ends up being about one player. He did and, bring it up, it, okay, last time, didn't he? He was the one that said about... He, but he, he brought it up. And, and they know, they can say this, but they know it's the star player. If the star player's been benched, there's no way he can expect to sit down and the conversation mm. not be about him. So, um, and he's been the star player for years, so of course that's going to happen. But then he said, then he started to say... Along the lines of, you know, you have to cater to every game, different game plans, what you're saying. 
And it almost hinted that it might not be the case that Ronaldo doesn't start the next game, even though we had this fantastic performance from Gonzalo Ramos. Now, I'm not saying that's what's going to happen. I'm just saying he did put some type of little hint in there. Now, whether that was to deflect and to just say, I don't want to get into speculation about this right now, or whether to your point it is because he's planning for a certain way against this team, that we will see Cristiano Ronaldo from the start again in this one. So that's going to be interesting to see there. Uh, France against England is the other oh, game boy. coming up. Obviously, and I'm not here for that show, champions. Yeah, and I'm not here and for that show, live after that. No, one I know you're not. Yeah, so, uh, you know, I, I, it's, it's, it's a little sad because I want to celebrate with you, but at the same time, if England lose, I, I don't want to be, you can't be on here. Yeah, no, it's got nothing to no, do with it. it. It's, I mean, uh, they're not favourites, obviously, going into this. They're going up against here, the... Okay, let's go to that, Kate. Why aren't they favourites? Honestly, Alan Shearer said it really well a few days ago on BBC. You know, we're talking about Mbappé, clearly. Clearly, Mbappé is, is somebody to really put our focus on. Antoine Griezmann, who has been very good at this World Cup. They have tremendous talent from all over the pitch. But so do England. Jude Bellingham mm -hmm. is ridiculous. Harry Kane is one of the best strikers out there. You have the likes of... And doing a, a lot more than just being a striker right now. Yeah. And exactly. And England have a deeper bench, Kate. Like, so why, like, it's, it's time for, I don't know if it's England fans or whoever, to, to 180 this and say, like, France need to be wary of England, not the other well, way maybe, around. You know, I'm, I'm sure they will. I'm, I think it's just more, you're looking at, as you mentioned, Kylian Mbappe. This is mm. the team. They are the defending champions coming into this. So I think that that's going to go against England anyway. They're going to look at England and say, OK, you, you did get to a final, yeah, but you didn't, you didn't win that final. But then on the flip side of it, if you like, I don't know. If you do recency if, bias, OK, and you think about your... Yeah, if you do like the recency bias of going, OK, World Cup semi-final, yeah. Euro and final. Also, exactly. That's where do I Do they now go. get to a final and actually win it? Yeah. So, okay. So here's what I think. I think that this match is about two things. One, it's about England. I think James Hawley said it really well on the show. Okay. Remember when he said England, you can't like be passive here. You can't pass and move, expect for your beautiful, you know, uh, triangular work in, in your half and then slowly but surely try and enter the final third of hopefully it's going to reach to Harry Kane. Hopefully Kane can drop. Hopefully Phil Fun. You can't do that. You got to be aggressive. You got to go out there and like really imprint your personality on this match. Because if you allow France, this extremely talented France, to just give their own identity, then the game's over. You need to really be aggressive from the get-go. So hopefully we will see that. Yeah, I and mean, I wonder, we've seen two quarterfinal games now today. Both of them have gone mm. to penalties. I wonder what tomorrow will offer us. Do you think that we might see that? I mean, what's the point in even asking you? How can I we even know, tell hey, at this point? Hey, I think I think we've happen. aged like 10 years today as well. Is <laughs> <laughs> Which is the last thing we need to do. Now, listen, <laughs> Portugal, if they do go a bit further, yesterday on the old Twitter, I saw a yeah. lovely tweet about a big Ronaldo fan who had Ronaldo, like a Ronaldo silhouette shaved into the back of his head. Oh, Here we go. And so... Put it to you and our producer, Rob, yeah, and I had tweeted a little this bit to of me. with yeah. you. Yeah. And now we have the receipt you've put. And this is not a mock-up tweet from us. If Portugal no. win the World Cup and Ronaldo scores, I'll get this done. Yeah, operative I mean, word. Why and. can't it just be one or the other? 
No, yeah, it, no, I said to you, it, no, because look at this haircut. Like, there's no way. You can shave it the next day. No, okay. Who wouldn't want Ronaldo on, his, on their back of their head like that? No, in Portugal, I, I have a, I, I have a, I have a reputation to uphold, Kmari. I can't walk around New York City like that. I look ridiculous. Actually, I'll probably look like everybody else. No, well, we've got the receipts, Portugal, and it's definitely within the realms of possibility that that could happen. If Portugal wins and Ronaldo right. doesn't score, I'll go in the streets. Like I live very close to South Street Seaport, where ESPN Studios are as well. And I'll do a big sue, like I'll do that. Like that's pretty good, right? <laughs> if, if 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 Portugal wins and Ronaldo scores, I'll do that haircut. So I no one will even bat an eyelid in New York if you just start <laughs> jumping around doing sue. Not the thing hey. when you walk down the street in New York, nothing surprises you. Yeah, that's true. But Kay, remember who I'm married to. She she won't she won't take this. She won't accept. Yeah, she can take the video. <laughs> so we've got to chat about Brazil. And uh, obviously, when we talk about Brazil, this is a team that you write about often. There's some great um, insight to Brazil from you on the Gavin Jules podcast before the World Cup as well. So let's talk about what this means for them today. Going out at the quarterfinals again. One thing we do know is Tite's gone. We knew that was going to happen anyway, didn't we? Yeah. Yeah. After yeah, the World Cup. Yeah, we knew that. So we knew Chicho was going to go. Um, Neymar, this is, is this Neymar talking? Um, Yes, he says, honestly, I do not know. I think talking now is bad because of the heat of the moment. Maybe I'm not thinking straight. So this is speaking to reporters right after the game in Qatar. He said, to say that this is the end would be rushing myself, but I don't guarantee anything either. Let's see what happens going forward. I want to take this time to think about it, think about what I want for myself. I will not close the door to playing with Brazil, nor do I probably want to. There's a bit more talking about it. So they're obviously asking him if he's going to continue playing international football, Luis, by the sounds yeah. of it there. I'm just reading his by just reminding myself that he's 30. So I don't, there's no way in the world, Kay, that, and he said it already himself right after the loss. So I think that tells you a lot. I think that there's and we, one You know what was lost in it today? Mm. him leveling Pele's record yeah that's very true it completely got I mean it was said once he did it and then everybody forgot about it I mean 77 goals for his national team time Pele that's remarkable he's 30 years old I definitely see him uh in 2026 I think I think it can happen yeah I hope we do as well but yeah Brazil out nobody really saw that coming at least among our ESPN guys so if you are looking to make bets just go against what any of us say and you'll probably win yourself some do the opposite it's like Seinfeld yeah. whatever George Costanza was doing just do the opposite like just do yeah. the opposite of what we tell you you'll just be do the opposite and thanks for rolling with us t- today guys thanks for being with us things come up all the time our guys had to go off and do other bits and bobs in Qatar but we will have more of our team on with us tomorrow when we do look back on those other two quarterfinals. Make sure you join us then on The Daily.